Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Happy spring, everybody. Hello, my name is Reverend Janice Hope Gorman, and it is my pleasure to be offering to you these once-a-month programs on the Pure Hope Show uh, Blog Talk Radio. This is our fifth year and exactly one month doing all of these programs, and it reaches across the nation and into the rest of the world. When we do have a live, this is a pre-recorded program, so you won't have the ability to phone in, but we have been graced with listeners from South Carolina, New York, Florida, Colorado, California, and Wyoming, and so many others. And it has been a joy. It really has been a joy talking to all of you, and I thank you all the listeners across the nation. Tonight, you will be listening to a man's journey of a near-death experience. He is, and this is what I love about him, a very ordinary man having an extraordinary experience with God and with his sons. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And after he had this experience, it gave him an ever-deepening understanding of God and was kind of told that his job was to share about that. And so he does wish to share that with us tonight and talk about his book, and his book is called Miracle on Hammertown Road. Our guest tonight and the author of that book is James Bay. He's been a lifelong resident of upstate New York. He is an award-winning author of his book, again called Miracle on Hammertown Road, and has been dedicated to sharing this information with others. His story is inspirational, yet very, very human. Uh, he's had sons that has died. I have had a son that's died and on the other side. So please continue to tune in, grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and listen to this remarkable story about Mr. James Bay and his experience with seeing God. So help me welcome Mr. Bay to our show tonight. Hi, Jim. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. So where are you calling in t- uh, today, Jim, from? Are you uh, in from, New York from right Pine now? Plain. Yeah, New, uh, you're in New York, uh-huh. Pine Plains, New York. Yes, yep. And and have you been having all of that weather we're hearing about on the news and radio? Have you been inundated with snow there? Yes, we. well, the first couple, yeah, the last storm we actually only got brushed by because we were just far enough north from, you know, but we got a couple inches. But the other ones, we got a lot of snow. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I hear that. I just wanted to write or let our audience know who's listening. I loved this part of your book, Jim, where it says, um, uh, you are a man that's lost over 100 pounds, and then people told you, you should write a book. 16 years later, after Jim's uh, uh, son died in infancy, after he spent days and nights at the hospital with his little boy, bedside, 
people told him, you know what, Bubba, you should write a book. And then as I continue to read on, after his son Robert died, six years after that, due to complications from kidney disease at age 18, people told him, you know what, you should write a book. And then finally, after November 15, 2009, when you came within a hairbreadth of death yourself, almost everyone you told that story to about that night, people told you, Bubba, you really should write a book. And and so this is what you did. This is what you did. So, um, Mr. James Bay, I would like you to talk a little bit about um, the losses of your two sons, perhaps, and your life that is ordinary and yet very extraordinary in many ways. Kind of tell us about the loss of your two sons and what that did to you. Well, uh, my one son, uh, I, I, I met my wife at the time, and uh, she had two older sons. They never met their dad, their father, so, and uh, she was never married before, so I became their dad, and uh, which I love because it was great because they, um, you know, anybody can be a father but be a dad. So when you get, when uh, they, they told me, the two boys, Robert and uh, uh, John and Robert, they both told me, you know, when they saw me, I told them, just call me Jim, but it, it's really special because, Whenever they would talk to other people, they say my dad's coming to pick us up, or you know. So that was really cool. And then it, uh-huh. um, and then uh, and so anyway, we got married, and then uh, we had a son, Logan, and stuff. And then my wife and I at the time wanted to have one more child uh, between us, and then four kids. It was just kind of what we thought would be good. And uh, my son James was uh, born in 2000. But he was born premature. He was only 23 and a half weeks gestational period. So he was born a pound four ounces. And uh, he proceeded to live, uh, live 10 days, and then he passed away on, in the hospital. He went from one hospital to the other hospital, you know, because they had a neonatal intensive care unit. And um, he, he uh, ended up uh, passing away, sadly, and I, I did spend most of my time with him. I, I didn't get to hold him until... Uh, they called and asked us to come pull the plugs and unhook the machines to him that he was going to pass. Uh, but I was the one that spent all the time as much as I could there, uh, talking to him, singing to him. Uh, one night, it's not in the book, but it's it's an amazing uh, thing. As I got there one night and he was very sick, or maybe he was very, you know, he was really, his numbers were down. Clearly, you get to learn what all those numbers are. And uh, his numbers were down and... Uh, so I went over and uh, they said he's not doing well. And I went over and I started singing and I can't sing to save a lick, you know. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, with w- within 15 minutes, his numbers were all up. So it's really true. They really hear you and they really respond to your voice and they get comfort from it. So that was a special moment to take away from it. And sadly, he passed. But in the process, I, I say this, I mean... At the time, it was hard to say, and but you know how you can look back and see how God works in your life and how things, you know, happen, and they happen for a reason, and in the end, you you realize that they were really, you know, a purpose to them. Anyway, uh, my, my other son, Robert, uh, he had kidney disease all along, and we didn't know it, and about a couple months after James died, or a month or two, he uh, came down with swollen feet. I thought he got bit by a spider or something, you know. I didn't think, mm-hmm. you know, no one thinks kidney disease. So we took him to yeah. the hospital, and uh, my wife took him there, and uh, he ended up having kidney disease. 
And uh, why I bring that up is that um, we got told James was so young and so premature that there was a good odds. They didn't say totally, but there was a good odds James was going to be a special needs kind of kid. And then Robert comes along and he's a special needs kind of you know kid because he's got the kidney disease and all that. And I think God knew that there's no way we could handle two of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I really think, uh, you know, uh, part of the deal, you know, part of the passing of James was because we had another sick son we didn't know about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that mm-hmm. we, we, it would be very tough to handle both. And I think mm-hmm. it would have been because, uh, although we would have gave our best shot, believe me, I'd rather have him living than die. But, but, uh, you know, my, when J- oh, Robert got kidney disease, he ended up, uh, uh, you know, going in the hospital and it was like an hour and a half ride up and back. It was crazy the amount of miles we put on the car and it was just constantly to the hospital and back and forth for years, you know? So, um, and then in 2006, I didn't know at the time, I just, I was a New York boy and I, I kick and, you know, I was kicking and screaming kind of thing, but, uh, we moved to Arizona, ended up only being a year, uh, and come to find out, um, it was kind of like to turn a new leaf kind of thing. And at the time, mm-hmm. my brain wasn't working the right way, but my wife, you know, at the time wanted to, you know, she thought maybe, you know, our one son died or other son kidney disease, maybe we can go. And she had friends out there, and maybe we could go and, you know, start a new, you know, leaf and new new look on life and stuff. And But we still, you know, had the faith. My son, you know, was doing good. So he went with us, but he wanted to do his own thing. So he was 18. Maybe this was a mistake, but we let him you know, he went to McDiesel school, but he lived on his own. And sadly, one day, uh, after about 11 months of being out there, we hadn't heard from him. <coughs> Sorry, I had to go up. We hit, we hadn't heard from That's him. Okay. And, uh, he ended up, uh, um, uh, my wife, my ex, you know, she went to, uh, it was like an hour and a half ride to go. Uh, and she, uh, went to his apartment. Sadly, we always made a deal where, only one of us would go when the other younger kids would stay with the other parent. But I was going to go out for a ride on my friend's boat uh, in Arizona after work. And she was like, she wanted me to go do it. Uh, Cause we had just been out there and, you know, meeting new friends. It's good to get, you know, really get kind of meeting people. And, uh, and uh, she went there and she uh, ended up going to his apartment. He had been dead for like three or four days. So she mm-hmm. found him dead mm-hmm. on the floor. So, wow. um, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was that was very sad and scary because uh, my friend, thankfully, I didn't go on the boat yet, but he drove me to Avondale, ended up being where my son lived, and uh, uh, it was like a crime scene because no one had seen him in days, so they didn't know, you know. So it was a lot to deal with, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean by with the death of my son as well as that I would have never said it back then when it happened because my we were on a farm and my son's uh was head literally was decapitated it was uh hit by he was hit by a tractor and but all of that kind of built resilience and uh i knew that there was a plan for me with all of these tragedies that can happen to people that can happen to people so after your son's died um tell us this um part of your near-death experience. When did that happen? How did that happen? I just want to say, because you read that little introduction that we put it there, it's really true. Every time something happened, people would say, write a book. And uh, I tried writing a book uh, back in um, uh, a while back, 
and I met this, well, at our family gas station, I met this, I got to know friends with this professor. She was an English professor, and I said, I'm just, you know, a landscaper, just an ordinary guy, just me. I don't know how to write a book. And she proceeded to say, you know, well, I'll help you. You know, I'll edit the book for nothing. You just write. And she says, you know what, just write for me. Uh, and just write, you know, and at the time I didn't have a computer. So I just sat in front of my fireplace and wrote like eight, nine pages and uh, gave it to her. Anyway, I didn't hear from her for uh, months. And she finally came in the station with this big book of editors, ghostwriters. And she said that she can't help me. And I said, um, and, and I kind of got upset. I thought I offended her or something. She said, no, every time she starts to write, I read it, she starts to cry. So she couldn't wow. concentrate enough to help me. So anyway, fast forward. So my one son died in 2000. My other son died in 2006, sadly. And then uh, on 2009, November 15th, is when I had my uh, near-death experience uh, here in Pine Plains. So uh, uh, I what, have read part of your book. It's, that, that is really fascinating about how that happened. Do you want to tell them what you were doing during that time, what happened, how it happened? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so my, my author's name is Jim Bubba Bay, and uh, and my web, you know, my website's jimbubbabay.com, and I just, uh, I, and people wonder because a lot of the, you know, people go, oh, how can that be, a, you know, that's not too professional to have Bubba in there and stuff like that, but the reason why Bubba's in there is because I am, that's who I, am, you know, that's my nickname for a year, and that's kind of who I am. I'm Jim Bubba or I'm James or whatever I am. I am. That's who I am, and the book would have been too heavy without Bubba's stories in it. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of the, the Bubba stories give it some light, some funny stuff, and it, and people thank me for putting Bubba in there. So um, anyway, I br- that's why I bring up Bubba is because I'm kind of a big guy. I've lost that weight, and then I put back on, and I you know I kind of go you know here and there and stuff. And I, I was walking, uh, you know, I used to walk every night after after work five or six miles, even after landscaping all day. I'd still go for a walk. But this particular night, I, uh, day, I was out metal detecting, which is my favorite hobby, and I thought I had enough, you know, time and enough exercise. So I came home, and I lived by myself because my my wife, you know, split up because you know a couple deaths in the family, you know, kids and all that, and some fi- the financial issues with uh, somebody being terminally ill. It's like a slow financial death in your family sometimes, unless you have a lot, a lot of money, you know, all the copays mm-hmm. and all that add up. So we ended up. Uh, I lived on my own, and uh, my parents happened to be visiting me from Vegas. Uh, they 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 were at the time living there part time, living here part time, and they came stay with me. Although they own a home here, but they were like, if they come stay with me, it'd be like a little vacation, even though their home's like a mile and a half away. So they stay with me, but they were out. And why I'm saying that is, I actually came home and made myself a little something. I'm not a good cook, so I didn't really have much of much of anything, and uh, I wasn't feeling well. So I really didn't I, – I, that night I, I just realized I needed to go out and get a little fresh air. I was going to be very hard to sleep that night. It just seemed the way I felt. So I actually don't – I don't normally walk around my house because I just moved here not to you – know, uh, you know, like a year before, and it's a dead-end road, and I don't go down that way uh, because I live right out the end where you just kind of go out, you know, with your car and stuff. And uh, so I just went out for a walk that night, and it's a town road, and there's no – there is no street lights, but – it seemed like the, at the time, it seemed like the moon was out there and I was going to walk out to the entrance where there's light from the town hall and, you know, just a little walk. And that was the plan. Well, I guess God had other plans for me. So I ended up walking towards where I wanted to walk and ended up being some, to me, it seemed like they were drunk. 
on the side of the road. And I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, scare them. I mean, you know, it's nighttime here. And so I decided I walked back to my house and I still didn't feel well. And I said, well, you go down in front of my house, there's this little hill. And if I go down to the bottom a little further and I'll turn around, come back. And that was the plan. So that's what I did. And I went a little further. I went past, ended up past my neighbor's house. And I, like I said, I don't go down there much. I haven't been down there much. And I turned around and I crossed over the other side of the road and I decided to go home. And I was walking up the road, and then with the with the dead end, a lot of people, not many cars travel on the road, but but enough do, and they come in. Some people come in, don't realize it's a dead end, and they'll turn around where I happen to live because my brother owns the house and the landscape shop, and there's like a big entranceway, so it's a good place to turn around, you know, like it's you can just do a U-turn right there in front of the, and and often they do that, and I ended up uh, as I was walking, I saw car lights coming off the top of the hill, and. Uh, and when I walk at night, if I walk, especially I, I, I walk and I get to the side of the road and I stop. So, you know, l- l- so there's time for reaction for the driver, you know, because if you keep walking <laughs> toward him, there's less time to, to react. Anyway, so I moved to the side of the road because I saw car lights. didn't see a car. I just saw car lights coming down the road. And I'm like, well, I'll just get off the road here and wait because they could turn around up top and I continue on or they can go by me. That was the thought. And I took a step off the road and I took another step. Next thing I know, I stumbled. There was like this swell, you know, like where rain kept washing out stuff, and I'd stumbled, and the next thing you know, I was flying through the air. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I was free-falling, and wow. it was like the earth opened up. Yeah, and I, and the way I fell, I fell head first because I stumbled, and I free-fell, and then I landed on rocks about 14 feet down uh, on my head, and then I landed on my left shoulder, and then I landed on my left side ribs and my left side legs. My, I, I hit so hard, my right side never hit the ground, and four ribs broke over there. And uh, so, um, of wow. course, at the time, I knew I was in, I, I was unconscious and all that in the beginning. But, of course, I didn't know what I broke. But, you know, to tell your listeners kind of what I broke ahead of time is I ended up, and it was other damage, but the main ones were I fractured my skull, brain bleed, concussion, traumatic brain injury. I broke my left scapula. I broke 11 ribs, seven on the left, four on the right. I broke C7 two ways, and I broke from T12 to T1. I broke nine of those, and I broke two of those two ways. So I had 23 bones with 26 fractures, blood in the lung, bruised lungs, you know, uh, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, so I, and I, my, my head was like a four and a half inch crack in my head uh, open. And so, um, yeah, that's where, that's wow. what I was dealing with. So, um, wow. I was unconscious. Um, of course, all this is on God's time, not our time anyway, but time, time ended up not being, I mean, it is an issue to save your life, but time kind of, there was, I couldn't, I can't tell you the time it took me to do this at a time it took me to do this at a time I was unconscious. I could have been knocked out for a second or two, two seconds or a minute or two, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But I, to make a long story short, I, ended up, I woke up, you know, and then it's really true when, uh, I, at the time I reached up, I was able to reach up my right hand into my left side of my head and my fingers started going in my skull. I knew I was in trouble. And of course I was in a lot, a lot of pain. I mean, the pain was excruciating. It's hard to even describe. And so I went to, uh, and then from there I just turned around and I went, you know, and, and, and I just realized like, okay, I'm going to die. And, and, and life, it's really true. Uh, all, all life goes in front of your mind and it just kind of takes off from there, you know, what what's happening and stuff. And uh, so then I realized, uh, 
it's I don't know. It's just always the way I've been. I I, uh, I I I sat there and I thought, you know, if if I die down in this culvert, whatever it is, I'll um, you know, they'll, they they would have to get the dogs to find me because my parents, because I normally walk in town, so they were going to go to town. I know they would have went to town or or figured try to go somewhere else, you know. So mm-hmm. I decided. I decided that I would be horrible to find and dead, you know, and that was my option. I really, I did call out for help uh, in the hole. I figured yeah. that was my first option. You yeah, know, I just wanted to re- read this for a little bit. Um, I loved it because you had said, I began to scream, help, please, God, help me. Um, could someone help me? I tried yelling in various ways as though different arrangements of words might make my cries more intelligible or easier to hear. I have no idea how long I screamed. I'm not even certain I was actually making a sound. It took all I could muster to call out into the night. Each time I yelled, my breath became shallower. I had to stop and then gather up my strength to make another try. And so as you go on, you said that pretty soon a, a strange sense of peace came over you and that you felt, okay, um, I think I'm really going to die. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, you said that you did have all these flashes of, uh, of remembering, um, you thought of your parents, your brother, your sister, your friends, your ex-wives, and, um, but that you wanted to be found to have a decent burial. That was one of the things that went through your mind. Was that not? Yeah, that. that I mean, it's no lie. I know it sounds crazy, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna die, and uh-huh. um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, believe me, I, I'm not. I'm very humble. I'm not like, oh, you know, a thousand people are gonna come look at me. I was just yeah. like, you know, I got young kids. I mean, my kids were young at the time, and and you know, my family. You know, I don't know if I would have an open casket, but. You know, I, I, at the time, I didn't make a decision, cremation or, or full, so I'm sure they would just leave it as a full. I never made that decision because uh, we forget. We tend to think we're not going to die for a while. So, And, and I, just, I just was like, you know, um, I don't know. You know, it was just a weird thing. I was like, I, I would, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to die and let me get somewhere where I can have a decent burial, you know. And then the other thing was... I actually, and it's kind of people, um, and they understand it. Some, you know, some are like, oh, you know, but I actually, in the culvert, I decided I was going to die. So I decided the best thing for everybody, including myself, was to get to the road, if that's where I came from, to die, you know, uh, so mm-hmm. that I would be found sooner than later. And, um, you know, so that was my goal. Because, And that's based on my ex-wife finding our son dead after three or four days in his apartment. And you can imagine what she saw. Yeah. I mean, to this day, yeah. we've never discussed what she saw, you know, and, and, and I can only imagine what she saw. You know, I had to go yeah. clean the apartment after with her. And it was very, very emotional and very, very hard to do, let alone be the one that saw him, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, there was no hope. I mean, my, um, no one came, no one ever like that. My cell phone was somewhere. But the signal around here is horrible, so I ended up going, you know, so I was just like, but now I didn't know if I could walk or not. I didn't know what I could do at Uh the time. I didn't Uh know, you know, what my possibilities were. Um, So I ended up, uh, you know, so that's what I I decided I had to do. So I ended up, um, people have gone down where I've fallen and gone the path I took. uh, And, 
being physically healthy and have a very difficult time climbing where I climbed uh, out wow. of this culvert to get to wow. the road. And, wow. uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing that I actually, um, and, and again, when I, your, your listeners and everybody, I'm very humble. It's almost like I take myself out of it. It's almost, I still pinch myself eight years later that I didn't believe it was me that did, you know, that this happened yeah. to me. And, you know, these are the things, crazy things I did. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I actually, um, climbed with all that broken bones and I was able to move my legs and thankfully my legs didn't break, you know, like that. So I had, you know, they were bruised or a cut or one of them, you know, they're banged up, especially my left leg, but, you know, and, and, but, uh, so I climbed out of the, you know, culvert to die. That was my goal. And so when did you you see God? Were you in the culvert when you saw God or after you climbed out? I don't remember. Actually, actually I ended up, uh, what happened was I climbed out and I got to this, uh, it's, it's, all these, I, I just want to want to say that I've been a believer of all these stories. I've been a believer all my life. I, 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 I'm, I've been, um, you know, I believe, and there's always, to me, there's always a catch in the story. And what I mean by that, like a confirmation, like it's hard to argue the confirmation of, of what that person said or did or, 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 or they knew about something or somebody that they never knew before, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up, um, so what I did was I ended up climbing up and, and I was able to kind of see, uh, the road and, uh, it ended up look like the road and I laid on this log. And so I, uh, at the time there was no, I, I mean, some, some, uh, you know, some people say all oh, angels helped you up the hill or whatever like that. I, I have to tell you, I was in so much pain. I, I think I did it all myself. God comes when you need him most, not before, not after when you need him most. Uh, yeah. so I, I claim that I climbed the hill myself and nothing helped me because I was in so much pain and the, and the climb wasn't the easiest and it took a while that, you know, it was just me, but I got to this log and I was content on dying. It it was kind of scary, but, um, but peaceful. I was very peaceful. And what it was for me was that the hope was gone. My, my, when I say this the right way, my faith was gone, meaning that I was going to live and, just everything was gone with me and I, and I, I, but I did my last accomplishment. I made it to the road. So I laid down on this log because I was laying on the ground anyway. And I just kind of crawled up to this log, laid on it with my, you know, when I ended up uh, looking, you know, and I closed my eyes and then, uh, um, it, and my friend and I, we wrote the book together and he's in Bangkok, Thailand. So it's kind of cool. We wrote it like halfway across the road, most of it. And he kept asking me, and I had to write like three emails, and I finally explained what it was like when God came. Is You know, it's happened to most of us. We, we're all kids, and we sleep, and we oversleep in the morning, and your parents turn the light on in your room, uh-huh. like kind of uh-huh. like the light goes on and get up kind of thing. Well, that's what happened to me. My The light was so bright, and my eyes were closed, and I had to open my eyes. And as I opened my eyes, here approached God, and with God was my two kids. Um, they, they came and, uh, you know, and I was, I, I, to be honest with you, I've never, of course, I never tried, I'm, I never almost died before. And, uh, I was like, okay, well, I didn't even know it was God. I was like, okay, well, what do I do? I'm, I'm assuming, uh, you know, wow, is this how you go to heaven? You know? So that's what mm-hmm. my first thought I was like, okay, well, this is how it works, I guess. I don't know. You know? And mm-hmm. so that was my thought, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. I do want to say, so I don't forget, cause it's very important, but why God was with me, it shined. It was so beautiful and so bright. It shined. It shined up the log that I could see what I was laying on. And you know those logs that lose their bark and they're hard on the outside, kind of soft on the inside. They're like telephone poles, mm-hmm. and like there was no branches. Yep. 
that's the kind of log I was laying on. And that's very important to the whole, you know, testimony and everything is because in the end, I, I, I w- it, it happened at night, like 730. So it was dark out. And then um, it was uh, so there was no and there's no street lights. There's no homes where I near where I fell, not that close. So there's no outside lights. There's no moon because it was so foggy. And it ended up being so foggy, and it was so foggy, they were going to fly me in a helicopter. They couldn't even fly the helicopter to come get me. So, and there's no car lights because I was near the road. I mean, as near the road as you can be, pretty much, that someone would have stopped, you know, uh, and saw me. So there's only one other light that could light this log up. Wow. And, and I don't want to, and I'm just going to jump ahead real quick past God, but... I ended up taking this testimony and this event with me, you know, all the way to where I went. And I won't give it away yet. I'll, I'm going to tell a real quick story. And then I ended up take, going to the hospital. And I was in so much pain that the most painful med, I don't know what the name of it was, it's morphine or something more. But the pain meds, that the most powerful pain meds they had weren't even touching my pain. So they wow. induced me in a coma. So uh, they induced me to coma. And when I was in a coma, everybody, everybody still can't believe I made it to where I did. And when I woke up in a coma, I told everybody, I told my family first about this log I met God at. And they're like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I met God's log. Well, the one thing is they said there was a lot of blood at the log. So I actually stopped at a log. I said, well, there you go. And then, to, you know, uh, Karen Bridge is a nice, uh, great website. You can put, you know, People are sick. People can stay in tune to what's happening with the patient, sick, hurt, whatever. Mm-hmm. My my family did that, and there's a story in the book about it. And my, when I was in rehab, my brother said, come, um, you want to see where you fell after I read some message. And, and all the all the messages, most, most, most of the messages, well, no, when I met God, were all God messages, you know. And and mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, I there in the picture the first picture that I see where I fell is the log I described straight out of a coma where I met God. Mm-hmm. Straight out of a coma. And, I mean, and, you, so, and you said your two sons, that you saw your two sons as well. Yes. And yes. were they the same and, and, age? I mean, how did they look? Yes, they were, yeah, they were still the same age as like they were. They were, you know, like my son was a baby. My other son was a younger, you know, you know, the 18, he died 18, that age kind of yep. thing. And, uh, yep. and, 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 and fast forward, since I wrote the book, and you know how you go along, you don't realize, like, you know, it adds up. I was doing a book event uh, a little while ago, uh, like a year ago or something like that, and it didn't even dawn on me that part of my kid's destiny were to um, be there the night I was going to fall. Because... Oh. Because... I, I'm a believer. I'm Christian. I, I, I don't know if you got that far in the book, but I, yep. I, 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 but I wasn't a great practicing Christian, you know, I'm, yep. I, you know, I put that right on the, and, and, um, and, but I also spirituality wise, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether, whether, whether I, to say it, but I was small spiritually in the sense that I, I didn't know about Buddha Muslim and, you know, I, I, didn't know that, but I didn't know anything else. I didn't know about orbs. I mean, I knew about angels, but I didn't know about orbs. I didn't even know about just bright white light. I mean, like if a bright white light showed up for me or an orb, I would have still been on the log because I had no concept of what was happening, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so it, what had to happen, one thing was it had to approach me as a human form, 
for me to give any understanding. And then to reconfirm what was happening, was really happening, was my one son lived a pound four ounces. If you believe in heaven, where do you think he was? You know? And my other son wow. was 18 years old. Where, where do you think he was? Right? Yeah. I mean, how much yeah. sending could they do? Right? So, yeah. I mean, so anyway, it was a confirmation that what I was seeing, what, what I was seeing was real. You know? I I and, love that point that you're making, Jim, because what you're saying is that what happened to you, because you didn't know anything other than what your boys look like and what God represented to you. And so that's how the appearance happened to you. That's yeah. How it, they yeah. That's how, that's, that, that's, that's what I needed. I mean, you or somebody yeah. else or somebody else work could show up, you know, for them. But I, yeah. I, I, I know for a fact I'd, I'd be dead right now and I'd still be on that log or buried obviously. But if an orb showed up, I would be like, okay, well, uh, I don't know what that yeah. you know, I would not know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to read this one part in your book. As my eyes adjusted, I could better see the figure in the light, grandfatherly, bearded, wearing what seemed to be a robe, robe and we- uh, and weathered by a kindly face. Then the light around the figure began to sparkle in a variety of colors like a kaleidoscope of twinkling stars. Um, and then you said that you had saw your two sons who had passed away, Robert and James. They were no longer looking sickly. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. 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 And and people, um, you know, you're a reverend, and I've, the one cool thing about the book is a spiritual book, and 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 there's not. I, I don't force any religion on anybody, and and that's why. The, the, the main reason why I wrote the book is God's for everybody. Whether you know the Bible, don't know the Bible, it's God's for everybody. And I'm just mm-hmm. Jim Bubba Bay, and, and I'm not the best practicing Christian, and I don't know the Bible and all that stuff, and he, he he's there for me. You know, he came for me, so on Little Pine Plains, Little Dead End Road, we have one traffic light in the whole town, you know, and here this happened. Wow. And, 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 and the really neat thing, um, again, I'm very humble when I say all this stuff. Um, I just the really neat thing is I talk to non-believers, and 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 I, uh, they're waiting for an argument from me. But I don't have an argument because I believe they don't believe, and every reason they don't believe. But here you go. Right. Here's my testimony. And so they, uh, I've had some non-believers say to me, um, "There's no way it didn't happen." And I say to them, I say, "Okay, I understand." that you don't believe and I'm okay with it. This is just my testimony. I don't I'm I'm still living, you know, but what you're saying, I'm telling you I had help and I had help when I needed it most, not before, not after when I needed it most. And you're telling me because it's a fact that I landed in that culvert and all my blood's in the culvert, my cell phone's in the culvert, the blood's all the way up the hill, there's all this blood in this log and there's a blood trail from this log to ended up being my neighbor's house. And sheriffs came and followed the blood trail to find where I fell, and I knocked on this woman's door. So mm-hmm. it's all fact. Mm-hmm. So the only thing yeah. you can deny in the whole thing is, is the God part. So what I'd say to them is that you're saying I didn't meet God, then you're, saying I'm, then you're saying I'm more awesome than I'm saying I am because you're saying I did it all myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and they walk yeah. away from me, and I've had some non-believers, not all of them, but a few of them come back and go, boy, you really got a point. I'm starting to really ponder this stuff. You know, and I'm like, 
I'm a winner because I'm living. But either way, I'm a winner too. I mean, if you want to not believe I met God, then you're saying I did it all myself. Well, then, all right, if you want to say that, then say that. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I do want to say this, and 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 I don't know the Bible, and that's and I've learned some since. I got a brain injury, so I my um my memory kind of. But I've learned names more, you know, and stuff like that. You know, my Christian mm-hmm. things have blossomed in me spiritually, Christian, and everything. And I uh, but. I've had people come up to me and say, you can't see God, you know, when they say it in the Bible. And then other people come up to me and say, no, the Bible doesn't say that. So everybody has their own opinion. And right. I and, 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 and I say to the one, and for one, I, I claim I met God because that figure said, my son Jesus, to me. Hmm. Yes. yes. And that's why I said that. And then I said to another person, which I'm okay with, I'm okay with whatever, it's kind of, they're all waiting for me, and I'm okay, I'm okay people don't believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, it's fact I got hurt, you know, like I said, but I, I, I said, for all I know, how do I know, not know, I don't know, I'm not a scholar, I'm, 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 not ex- I'm an expert on 26 fractures and, you know, climbing, a, uh, I, could, I know I'm all on that, and losing kids, I'm, you, you know, you got to live the moment to be an expert to me, is, uh, I, I um, for all I know, God talked through Jesus, and it was Jesus' body I was looking at, you know? Oh, uh, okay, yep. I, yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, that's what I said to them. I don't know. I'm not Mr., you know, how do I know that that might have happened? You know, I'm not out there, you know, but that's why I claim I'm at God, you know, and, I'm, you know, I'm okay with what everybody thinks, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, But he mm-hmm. said, my son Jesus, you know? And he came to mm-hmm. me as um comfort, you know, I... Before I fell, I want to say this. This has always been my belief before I fell and met God, and this is after that everybody might see something different. So it's really not my job to tell you what he looks like or whatever. I, I right. really believe that. I believed that before, and I still believe that. But right. I do describe enough in the book. I didn't I didn't get so detailed because I'm like, you might meet somebody else. You might meet something else. You might appear to you in something different, and then you're going to go like that. I mean, someone might be, you know, and then they're going to be like, well, Jim Bubba Bay said he looks, oh, God, that can't, you know what I mean? I don't want to, that's yeah. not my, you know, yeah. position. Um, well, I, so, but I think for me, that's such a wonderful teaching, Jim, that you just gave over the air right now is that it comes to you, like you said, a Hindu would see Krishna, Buddha, a Buddhist would perhaps see Buddha, you know, um, but they appear, God appears to us how we kind of imagine God would appear to us. And that's how right. God would appear. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and, and I was, love that. And he came you. to me. Yeah. He came to me as a grandfatherly figure. That's what he came to me at. And it was very mm-hmm. comforting at the time, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what I needed, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then I, 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 I claim right in the book, and that's part of my journey of this whole thing. I claim right in my book that I was uh, – it, it's funny. I got a new word, and I think you'll love the word. And I don't think anybody's ever said it. I've been saying it for a year, two years now on all these talk shows, you know, and then I all my uh, – because I'm an inspirational speaker too and all that. But before I fell, I didn't put it in the book. I've created it since. I was a Christa Christian. I went to oh. church on Christmas and Easter. Oh, I love it. You know? <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I was uh-huh. a Christian Christian, you know, uh-huh. um, and uh-huh. that's when I went to church. Other than that, I didn't, you know, uh-huh. and I didn't. Uh-huh. I, and then I didn't know the Bible. And I say to people, if if, if, if you if you have a question, I, I don't know, why is the sky blue? And if, if you wonder that all your life and then you meet God, what do you think question he's going to answer? You know, yeah, to me, he's going to answer why the sky is blue to you. Well, to me, 
you know, one of my biggest questions why I wasn't this huge, you know, practicing Christian is, is, is like I always got upset and I would, you know, talk to my brother and we would talk and I talked to, I always got upset all my life. Why did all this killing happen over the Bible? Why did the Catholics yeah. kill all these signs? You know what I mean? And, and so yeah. I, and, and yeah. so I was like, if that's really God's words, then it should it should be peace and not killing. Well, correct. And I know yeah. it sounds crazy. In the end, what the answer was, because in reality, Jim Vege should have thought of that answer on his own. But for me, it needed God to tell me the answer. Is that you know, and 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 then I look back again, and I say, well, well, you know, it makes a good point. But but that's men interpret the Bible the way they want to interpret it for their own good. Yes. And then. And then, he, and then he said to me, basically, do you and do you? Um, how many of those people are still in power that did that? I know the Pope's still there, and through the Catholic Church, they did. But I'm not big scholarly, but I know stuff happened, you know. And some, but overall, the people that take the Bible and they use it for their own, you know, their own good or their own thing, interpret their way, they eventually fall out of power. Yes. And yet, yes. Bible and God still continue on. Mm-hmm. So I, and I know it mm-hmm. sounds so simple, but and 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 if you called me up before I fell and you told me that, then I would say, okay, that's you know you're right. Okay, now I get it. You know, um, but coming from God, of course, made it more like powerful to me. Like I get it. You know, so yeah. and that was one of the main messages I got from God. You know, um, when I was with Him, and the other thing mm-hmm. is. I want to say this, which I, I did go to a near-death, big near-death conference. It's a big association, and I spoke on a panel. And when I got out there originally, uh, I was sitting there, and and it's a big conference, and it's in Colorado, and I flew out there with my daughter and stuff. And, and the first day, I know I belonged because what happened to me, but then I got a little like, okay, because I never left my body. This is another neat thing because I'm a little different than most claim to fame. I never left yep. my body. I, I never mm-hmm. left Hammertown Road. I didn't go to heaven and break bread with anybody. I didn't hang out with Moses. All <laughs> this was was a meeting, like you and me walking down the street having a meeting. And that's mm-hmm. all it was. I, did, I mm-hmm. didn't come out of my body and look down on this thing. I was in my body. And I never left. Mm-hmm. And it was just what I needed. It came to me. It happened on Little Hammertown Road. And that's why the title of the book is and I didn't go anywhere. So when I was in this conference, people go here, they go there, they hang out, they leave their bodies. And I'm like, I told my daughter, I think, I don't know if I belong here because I'm, and, and then God's amazing. It's so amazing. I started doubting myself, not doubting my story. I, I didn't doubt my book. I just said, maybe I'm too different than these people. And do you know, I actually, uh, Evan Alexander was speaking one of the days and uh, you know, I broke all that fractures in my back and my lower back. I hurt from landscaping. So my whole back's all kind of messed up. And uh, But it's still hanging in there. And, and uh, so I I was a little late getting down there. And there's a big conference room that I ended up speaking in, too. And, uh, and so uh, I wanted to go down there and listen to them. I was a little late. And I happened to walk down. And it was in a big motel conference room kind of thing. And, and I'm walking down. And I see the cushy chairs. You know how they always got them in the lounge? And I'm like, look mm-hmm. at that cushy chair. And they had the doors open. I'm like, I'm going to go sit in that cushy chair. And, and then look, look at them. Through the, instead of sitting on the chairs because the, they were hurting me after a while, I sat in this cushy chair, right? I sit down in this cushy chair. It happened to di- and they normally didn't have the doors open. But for some reason, the doors were open. I sat there and I was watching him. Not more than a few minutes later, a lady comes up. 
and, and, and sits like like right across from me and then proceeds to talk to me. And then she's like, I got to tell you an amazing story. So she proceeds to tell me the story how she, she lost something. She bought something there and then she ended up losing it. And then she ended up um, turning around and uh, finding it. But it wasn't where it was supposed to be. It's kind of like a miracle. God's kind of, you know, wow, I can't believe that happened. And so she, she kind of, then she even moved. She must, you know, because I, 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 you know, most bubbers give you that comfort feeling. You know, it's how we are. So she felt, so she actually moved over and sat on the table in front of me. And then she goes, so what are you doing here? And we had hmm. signs. And I said, well, I'm going to speak and I'm an author. And, you know, I have this thing. And I, I, I got a quick two-minute version of the whole story. Or one minute, actually. I can spit it out quick. And, uh. And the amazing thing is she proceeded to tell me her near death, and she didn't leave her body. You know? She wow. didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh-huh. And, and then three uh-huh. other people came up and told me the same thing. You know? So it was like, it was like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, you know what I mean? It was like, here you go. Here's your wow. proof that, you know, yes. you're not different, you know? So yes. it was pretty neat, yes. you know? Well, well, that's what I love about your story, and, and that's why I say that a lot of people and a lot of speakers that we have on our air is that a lot of people want to hear, like, out-of-world version stories, and your story is very much in this world and of this world, and that's why I think it's so authentic. I mean, you are so authentically who you are. I'm like I said, I didn't hang out with Moses. I didn't get the secret how to build Noah's Ark. I just had God appeared to me, and um, and I love that. I love that. I love that. And that he told you that it, it wasn't your time up. Yeah, Is that correct. And, and I just yeah, I, yeah I, and I just got to say this because I, I I tell people this. And God came. He didn't take away my pain. He didn't. He didn't heal me. He didn't touch me. He didn't. I have still all that stuff was happening to me. I I have to tell you, I was in such awe. My pain kind of mentally subsided. You know what I mean? I wasn't concentrating mm-hmm. on my pain. But basically what I needed when, when I was laying that log is my faith, my hope, my everything, my tank was empty. And mm-hmm. God, and I was that plane in air flying, and God was that bomber jet with the fuel that flies up to you, hooks up the hose, and pumps you full of what you needed. And then he unhooks wow. and he goes away. Wow. And that's what, um, and that's what, uh, that's what it was. When he left wow. me, and it was a, it was, it was a, I don't know how long the whole thing happened. It could have, but it was brief. I'm not, it was, okay, let's, you know, boom, boom, boom. And then when he leaves mm-hmm. me, again, to show that it's not like, oh, this is all, he leaves me. He doesn't tell me what to do next. He didn't mm-hmm. tell me what to do. He didn't tell me a taxi was going to show up and then nothing. It was like, okay. Mm-hmm. It got all dark, and I'm sitting on this road. I'm in all this pain, all this blood, all these tears. And what do I do next? And I ended up seeing, <clears throat> which is a miracle too. It all, it all. <clears throat> I ended up seeing um, my neighbor. Ended up being this little light, and, and ended up being my neighbor. I didn't know it was my neighbor. And she ended up. Uh, and uh, here's the crazy thing too. She wasn't home when I fell. She actually wow. was in Jersey, driving home from New Jersey, four hour ride or something like that. And she wasn't home when I fell. And wow. She could have stopped one more time to go to the bathroom, and I would be dead. <coughs> Sorry, I had to call. Anyway, so she That's had okay. to stop one more time, you know, and I, I would be dead. And God, you know, it's all it's amazing. And so anyway, yeah. I ended up seeing this little light, and I said, "That's where I got to go." I knew if I crawled, I wouldn't make it. 
I knew mm-hmm. I wouldn't make it because I wouldn't make it in time. And people can't wow. believe it. At the hospital, they thought I actually called, but I ended up getting a walk. I walked 200-something feet with all those fractures and all that. And um, oh my God. it was like a – I didn't even really walk. It was more like a, sh- a shuffle, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I felt once – I felt when I got up once, I fell back down because of gravity and all that broken bones. And then I got up again, and um, I knew once I got up the second time, that like, I can't get back down or I'll never get back up. And then I ended up shuffling my feet all the way. And then I got to the lawn, and it was a hill. And anyway, and um, so, yeah, and then I ended up knocking wow. on the door, but everybody thought I crawled. Yeah, that poor woman opened the door. That poor woman, you know. Thank God yeah. she was there, though. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about personal growth. This is one of the lines. In fact, I use this line now after I read this part in your book. It says, they say if if you want fruit, sometimes you need to shake the tree. I love that. They say if you want fruit, sometimes you need to shake the tree. And perhaps that's what happened to you. So what ha- what personal growth or awakening or kind of residual effect did this experience have on you right now as you live your life? Yeah, well, I just, to, to flash back real quick, because I, I, it's in the book and all that stuff, but I actually, back in 06, when I moved to Arizona, I packed the box, metal detecting all my own stuff. I'm the one that zipped, the, taped the box, did everything like that, and I was, you know, kind of depressed because I didn't have a job, and we moved, and I, you know, I'm a New York, you know, so I one night I said, oh, I got to look at, a, maybe I should look at some metal detecting stuff. That'll give me a little spirit. So I opened the box, and there, there it is, the, Bruce, the Prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Now, my wife didn't pack that box. I'm the one that packed that box. I taped that box, and there was no book. We never owned that book. Wow. And, and some people, you know, but people, some people agree with me. They're like, wow, that's happened to me. But that really happened to me. Anyway, I'm bringing it up. My point is I read that book. I took it as a message to read the book. And you want to know that gave me so much comfort in a time when I needed, and that changed my prayer life. I started to pray the prayer, um, you know, you know, you know, the prayer, and I can quote it, but we won't now, but people can look it up. But I started to pray it. And what I got from that book, some people say, oh, it sounds like material. What I got from that book is, here I am, God. I'm ready to do your work. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. And um, I'm here to do it. And I prayed it. And I consistently prayed it from 2006. And I still do it to this day. I mean, every now and then it slips my mind. You know, I pray in the morning. I forget it. Sometimes I would do it morning and night, morning and night. But I prayed it. And, 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 and I kept wondering, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I don't really go to church. I'm one of those Christian Christians. At the time, I didn't know that word. I made that word up. <laughs> but then I, you know, I turned around and, and, and I ended up, uh, you know, what did I, what am I going to do? I don't know the Bible. If you walk up to me, you know how people can quote people, you know, scripture and it makes them feel better. Yep. I can't help yep. you. So yep. anyway, fast forward after this whole event and now I know what I do. You know, I've been praying all along mm-hmm. to do something for him, and now, you know, this happened, and now I know what to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's taken me from from the most of when when you you meet the divine or anything like that, and there's always true. You, there's always a give and take. You always seem to give something, and and it seems like you get something. Like some people turn into great artists, and they kind of like that. For me, um, one, I gave pain because I'm in chronic pain. Right. And before I wasn't like in, in that kind of pain. And, and, and now I before I felt I was a shy, introvert person, not introvert so bad, but very shy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 100 
an 80-degree, totally different. I go in front of audience. I don't care what audience you pick. It could be thousands of people. I don't get nervous. I've been on TV I don't know how many times now. I have no idea the cameras are on. And and you wow. know what? And, and one of the main things for me is because um, I was with my publicist, and this is going to be tied my next book, when, you know, because I haven't really, I've been working on this, you know, getting this book out and stuff like that. But I was with my publicist, and it was kind of like, he kind of said to me, it kind of came to me, and he said, you know, why do you do what you do? Or what do we, you know, what do you do? And I realized, and, and, and then I realized, and I put it in the simple words, the message is bigger than me. Wow. Wow. And, wow. and, and, you know, one of the main messages is that God's for everybody, whether you know the Bible, don't know the Bible, whether you even believe or not believe. All you got to do is look over your shoulder and ask for help, and he's there. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you. You can live mm-hmm. 80, 80 years and never believe and never, you know, and then on, on, on 80 days and one, 80 years and one day, you're like, oh, I believe in God. He's there for you. You mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. And and for me, spiritually, I, 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 I've just... Um, the cool thing about the book, I've had Buddhists come up to me. I've had Muslims come up to me. I have Jehovah Witnesses come up to me. I have Catholics and, you know, non-believers. I have non-believers, and they love the book because yes. it doesn't yeah. turn anybody off. It doesn't turn yeah. anybody away. It's one Bible quote in the beginning of the book, and it just kind of describes falling, you know, kind of like what I did. And, um, I, you know, I, I just blown up spiritually, too. I never knew about shamans, you know, what they were in life. I didn't know about, you know, like, you know, the healing light of Reiki, all that kind of spiritual stuff, which is a whole other yeah. angle. I, I've got introduced mm-hmm. to everything, you know, through wow. the book, through my journey, through people. You know, I, I was doing a talk. People come up to me and said, hey, we'd like to do Reiki healing on you. Some believe in it. Some don't believe in it. But I'm like, okay, what is it? You know, I had no mm-hmm. idea any of that stuff existed. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like I said, now I know an orb shows up. Oh, here's an example. I went to a Reiki uh, healing. Uh, was a circle thing, and it's great. It was it was nice. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I I didn't even really know about meditation, you know, and spiritually being, you know, with God, you know, like kind of like that. So anyway, afterwards, you know, and 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 um, um, and I know some don't believe in psychic, but this guy really did. He was, a, but he does Reiki healing too, and I was there for that, not for the psychic part. And he says, you know, the whole time I was working on you, and then I walked around, there was an angel with you. So wow. this is so I said, really. He says, yeah, it was an angel with a trumpet. So I said, okay. So I said, oh, that's cool. He said, yeah, he was hanging with you the whole time. So I ended up, you know, leaving my house, and I lived at the time I lived by myself because my son, he graduated high school, moved in with me here. And uh, anyway, this is an amazing story. And and so I drove. I drove home, feel any, I felt good from the healing and just talking to people. I love meeting people. And I ended up coming home. I parked my car in my driveway, and I opened my door with, with my keys. And the only car keys there were hanging in the door. And I walk away into my house for getting the keys in the door. The door's open, and I walk, and I'm like 30 feet from this. There is nothing else that can make this happen. And all of a sudden, my car my, – my, my um, my car, you know how you beep, beep, like to lock the car? My car mm-hmm. starts yep. going beep, 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 to me. Then there's no wow. wind, no way something pushed that button, and now my car's beeping to me. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, and, those are you all know, signs. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, you know, wow, this is really, so I, you know, I, that's why I do what I do, you know, and the other thing is I'm I'm not famous, I'm not nothing, I'm not me. I mean, I actually wasn't going to, I actually wrote the book, we wrote the book, and I wasn't going to do it originally because I didn't really want to be known, but I realized 
it's not about me, it's about God. And then I realize how am I going to help others if I don't do it? And right. and um, people, tons, hundreds and hundreds of people have come up to me, email me, uh, how they and 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 what's cool about the the book, and I'm I'm just it's is there's so much in there. There's death of children. There's medical bills. There's I, financially I lost everything because of medical bills. So I, I people who've lost everything can relate to me. I can relate to mm-hmm. them. Oh, and by the way, there's near death. You know, dying. There's a recovery from a serious accident. Oh, and on top of all that, there's God in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, it's yeah. taken me from, but it's taken me now. Church is a priority to me. Um, that and and learning about the. I try to learn. I I have difficulty, but now I know names. Like if you say a name, I I start to go. Okay, that's where that was, and you know, and that's you know, and stuff like that. And, um, yep. but I also, like I said, spiritually, I've also blown up because I've learned about shaman now and Reiki and that yeah. whole thing, you know, and everybody takes yeah. whatever they believe, whatever they don't believe, but I've learned about it. I never knew about it, you know? Yeah. And, um, yes. so what would you, you say know, to and, and, those people, Jim, when, if there, those people who are listening right now, that might be with someone who is dying or they themselves are looking at if they have a disease or something that's going on, what would you say to those people who might be listening, who are going through an experience of the possibility of death or watching a loved one die? What would you say to them after your experience? Well, I, well for one, I'd, I'd say to them that they, um, you know, keep the faith that um, miracles do happen. And I'm, I'm, I, I, and I'm, I, I, I'm, I just, I'm a truly a walk, a walk in miracle. Um, yes. I, I, you, you know, you, you you're not supposed to hit your head. You're not supposed to fracture your spine, and you're not supposed to move when it happens. I you, the crazy stuff I did that night just to move, just to go get help, and still yeah. walk and talk. You know what I mean? It's all a miracle, you know. And uh, yeah. the, you know, to keep the face and 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 that God is there for you, and God's for everyone. Now, um, and we and we all do have our time when when we're supposed to go. Obviously, I thought that was my time. You know, I didn't realize I was going to fall off a road. I mean, how many people fall off a road? I mean, I, when yeah. I tell people that, they're like, you know, it, I, we not not to change this to a joking thing, but I we were in Walmart, my daughter and I, one time, and we were walking there, and and uh, we we were joking around. And I said, Lauren, we ought to go put it. You know, they always got a table, collect the money, and I'm like, we ought to put a table up there and say who, who um, and take a survey. Anybody had a father fall off a road? And I bet you'd still be the only one. We laughed and stuff. But, yeah. you know, God's for everyone. And, and, and I'm just Jim Bubba Bay. And, and, and if you're sick right now and you never believe in God, you've never been to church, you never know the Bible, just pray. You know, mm-hmm. just just pray to him. He's there for you. Um, he was there for me. And I I, I probably got a C- minus or a D when it comes to, like, Christianity and, and, and all that. And how I, I wasn't like sinning. I mean, we all made mistakes. We've all sinned. I mean, anybody say the perfect can't, you know, but I, I, you know, but he came for me and he's there for you. And we all do or have, we all do. I do must say though, I didn't, I don't know what heaven's like, but let me tell you what, if that night for me, if that's heaven, we got, we got something to look forward to because yeah. it yeah. was, um, it was just gorgeous and beautiful, you know? Oh. Uh, wow. You know, you know, and 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 if you have your you know dying son, I had a lady uh, real quick. Uh, she was at the book event there, and she uh, read my you know, and she she was part of a book club, so she brought the book, and and she, it was pretty recent for her dying with this you know her son dying, and uh, but she decided to read the book, 
And uh, she came up to me after um, she read it, and like the next month I went back and talked. And then uh, she said she never thought she could read a book about dying children ever in her life. And she read my book, and she said it helped her tremendously. And, wow. uh, you know, and that's a real testament to the to the, to the story. And, and um, you know, that's why they're in there. They're part of my life, and they were there that night. And like I said, they were confirmation. You know, indirectly I kind of knew that, but I didn't know that. I, I couldn't put it in words. You know, they say when you have a near-death experience, it takes like – you know, to really put it in words, like seven to ten, you know, eight to six years, seven years, you know, it takes a while to really put it in words and explain yep. kind of, you know, I could do the book, but the real part, and and that was, and two of the things came up, my kids were there, and they it was all pre that was part of their legacy, was they were going to be there, because I was going to fall, and then two, you know, the message is bigger than me, you know, it's, yep. it's not about me, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You can really sense that when we talk to Jim, and um, yeah, I can really sense it in the in the book as well. And um, I, I just feel your sincerity, and I love the name Bubba. I mean, you're just like a guy next door. <laughs> so yeah. I hope to sometime That's... meet you personally. And so I want you to yeah. let everybody know where can they get your book. Well, they can get it How on can... um, you know Jim JimBubbaBay.com is my website. Uh, Jim Bubba Bay on Facebook is me, and uh, and they could connect on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And then uh, it's available at at my website. It's available at my publishers, Hudson House Publishing. It's available on um, uh, uh, Amazon. Um, it's available Barnes and Noble on, and it's available as eBooks, both Nook and and then it's also available on Audible. I actually had someone professionally read the book. It's available on Audible, and there's a whole amazing story about. I tell you what, I spent money on the Audible, and it just one event happened that was so amazing, it'll blow your mind. Uh, and it was all wow. the reason why I did Audible. You know, it just was wow. so rewarding. And um, mm-hmm. so it's available there on Audible, and uh, it's, you know, it's, you know, and then, of course, they just Google Miracle on Hammertown Road. It'll show up and stuff like that. And um, it's, yeah, it's it's out there. And then, uh, of course, people meet me. I have it. My, my daughter says, like, a business in the trunk. Because I have my book, but I I don't ever push my book. I never bring, and that's the amazing thing of God. Since I'm, I don't, I know uh, that's one of the amazing things that's happened for me is I never bring it up to anybody. It always comes up, somehow it comes yeah. up, and that's the Holy yeah. Spirit now. You know, um, yeah. I've learned that. I've learned that's the Holy Spirit. It kind of, you know, it's kind of working in me. I denied it the first time, and I I woke up and I've even changed plans now. I've learned, but the first time I I didn't listen to my I never had a gut feeling before in my life. I I wasn't that kind of person. And since then, of course, it's just blowing up on me. And I've really, you know, and I woke up and the first time I had that gut feeling, I was like, no, I really want to go do this. And I I went and did that. Well, let me tell you, it turned out to be not good. I think like the car ended up dying and, you know, the battery was dead. And, yeah, I think I went metal detecting and like the, my, my detector, wow. uh, the battery, you know, everything got screwed up, no good finds. And then the next day, the next time it happened, which was soon after, I woke up. I had all these great plans to go do something else. And I'm like, no, it told me I have to go do this. And my kids were here at the time. And I said, no, we're going to do this. And I'm like, why are we going to do that? I said, I don't know, but we're going to do it. And sure enough, I went there and it was it was amazing. People needed to meet me. And then what wow. happens often, too, is I need to meet some people. You know, it goes both wow. ways. It's not always meeting me. Sometimes I need to meet others, you know, or, yeah. or um, you, you know, or I meet them. And they kind of help me, but indirectly they have somebody that really could use me to meet them, you know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You know, it's the Holy Spirit working now, 
you know? It is. So It is. Well, if you ever get to Minnesota up at the Minneapolis or um, if you ever get to Mankato, come and visit us at the Hope Interface well, Center. I, I'd love to meet you. Well, I, I speak. If you ever do a speaking thing, just invite me. I'll come. Uh, you okay. know, just let me know. I, I, okay. I, and that's that. To be honest with you, that's my goal is to spread the word. And 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 yes, it's cool being an author and stuff like that. But it, it's mainly to, uh, 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 you know, to a key, a, a platform to be able to go speak on open doors. You know, the book, you know, gets out there and then it, you know opens up. And that's my goal is to be an, you know, I'm an inspirational speaker and spread the word and stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just invite well, me. I'll be there. To- Okay, that's great. The book, once again, is called Miracle on Hammertown Road. It's an extraordinarily true story of one man's tragedy-filled life, his experience of a near-death experience, and, of course, just as you're talking about, Baba, is your spiritual awakening, which is superb and real and authentic and grounded, and I love that. So thank you so much for being on our program this evening and uh, doing a pre-recording for us because I couldn't do it on the day that we had scheduled. So uh, thank you so much for doing this, Jim, with us. The author, once again, is Jim Baba Bay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hope to have yes. Me. Yes. And I'm hoping that the weather gets nicer out there. So happy spring to you. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's working on it. It's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You are welcome. You are welcome. Just to let all of our listeners know is that here at the Hope Interface Center, we are going to have two wonderful events that are coming up. One of them is a three-day Pleiadian seminar called Higher Realm Initiations with the wonderful Christine Day. Christine Day is a renowned speaker, a healer, um, and works all over the world. In fact, I just talked to her yesterday, and she's in Brazil as we speak. Um, So please come to that. Um, she is an ambassador to the Pleiadians, and she awaits you with open heart and open arms. The dates for that experience here at the Hope Interfaith Center is Friday, May 4th, Saturday, May 5th, and Sunday, uh, the 6th. And you can find all of that on our website, which I'll be giving you soon. The next beautiful and wonderful thing is, is that we have what I call a keynote experience here at the Hope Interface Center, which features six teachers dedicating to helping Gaia. We are going to have Reverend Carrie Chapman will lead us in grounding and anchoring a city of lights here, right here in Mankato, Minnesota. Uh, We are also going to be receiving information from a wonderful man named David Barnett. He has his own blog talk radio show uh, called Day of the Mystic. Uh, Shirley B. from Colorado, Caroline uh, Oceana Ryan will be here, Garrett Duncan, who is a Navajo elder and uh, na- uh, from the Navajo Nation, and of course, Christine Day will be here too. That is all going to be a two-day event. For the two days, the cost is only $222. We've made this an opportunity for all of you to come. So we welcome all of our brothers and sisters to come to the Hope Interface Center to collectively create what I call a mass consciousness of intention to help this planet navigate towards peace. Um, So I love you all. For more details about the Hope Interface Center, uh, for details about um, Jim Bubba Bay's book, Miracle on uh, Hammertown Road, 
and for the two events that we will be having, you can certainly come onto our website, www.hopeinterfaithcenter.com slash star gathering, and you'll receive all of the information. Next month, we are going to be having on the Pure Hope Show on live on April 24th. Our topic next month is going to be talking to the animals. An animal communicator will be with us. Her name is Lori Ann Spangna. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She is a best-selling author as well, spiritual teacher, ascension guide, intuitive, a multidimensional channel, and an, and an animal communicator. What an opportunity we have had with Jim. What an opportunity we are going to have next month. We have opportunities. So let us all do this universal participation and bring peace on earth and goodwill to all men, women, and children. Thank you once again, Jim, for being on the air with us. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Uh huh. God bless you. Until we all meet again, namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.